Hey, Dental Online Trainers, Dr. Dennis Hartley back with you again. Well, I remember it like it was yesterday. I was in the audience as a young dentist at the Marriott Hotel in downtown Chicago for the American Academy of Fixed Pros meeting. Now, back then, I'm like this 28-year-old. I, in fact, I even had hair on my head back then. And I was eager to see uh, the presenter, uh, this Dr. Newton Fall. I had seen some of Newton's publications or some of his articles and publications, and I was eager to see him actually in this presentation. So Newton showed his presentation, and never in my career had I seen such beautiful, natural, and literally seamless composite bonding. I mean, Newton is projecting on a screen that's 10 foot tall, and he has a single bonded central incisor that literally covers the entire screen. And that bonded tooth, I mean, it's just flawless. I was just blown away. I mean, really, I was just blown away. Now, over the years, I've gotten to know Newton well as I've taken a bunch of his courses, and he's literally been one of the biggest influences in my dental career. Now, in our conversation today, Newton shares his teaching philosophy, which is super interesting because Newton, I mean, not only does he take his composite artistry seriously, he really wants to impact the people who have taken his courses. So he, he's really studying how to teach adults. And so he's going to share his teaching philosophy and the steps he goes through to make sure that the students feel safe in the environment so that they're able to take in the information and apply the procedures he's sharing. So I think you're going to find this really fascinating. It's a great conversation. So just kick back and relax and enjoy my wonderful, wonderful talk with Dr. Newton Fall. Hello, Dental Online Trainers, Dr. Dennis Hartley with you again. I'm super excited. Look, we all in our lifetimes have uh, people that we, I don't know, we're, they're, they're our mentors. They don't know it, but they are. They challenge us. We look at to, up to them from afar and they, they probably don't know what influence they have in, on us and in our lives and on our careers. And today I have someone who probably hasn't heard these words from me. I know he hasn't heard these words from me because I've never spoken these words. And this is actually one of the great forms for me is I get to like have these honest conversations with these colleagues of mine that I've never been able to speak openly with. This is like therapy for me, Newton. So you're welcome to my therapy session. I hope you enjoy yourself today. <laughs> oh my God. <laughs> right. Well, you weren't ready for this. Oh, I hope I am. I hope I am. <laughs> All right. So today I get to introduce uh, Dr. Newton Fall. If you don't know Newton Fall, then you don't know composites. If you've listened to any of our previous episodes, you've heard my interview with Dr. Buddy Mopper, who was my big mentor in composites. But, um, and there's others. Uh, I'm going to be speaking with Corky Wilhite soon. And um, Newton Fall, though, is who I have referred to. And I'm Newton, I'm going to bring this up in just a minute. Uh, he, I believe, is the Michelangelo of composite dentistry. And I believe that Newton has changed the way that we do composite dentistry, the way that maybe Buddy Mopper and some of our others changed the way that we did in the first phase of composite dentistry. I think Newton did for composites what Willie Geller did for porcelain. And if you don't know Willie Geller, um, you can Wikipedia him or Google him. Uh, Willie Geller was the foremost ceramist that really changed the way that we started working with ceramics and dentistry back in the 80s and 90s. So Newton, uh, before I gush any more about you, um, welcome to our ShareCast and thanks for joining us. Hey, Dennis. Well, I'm just humbled by this uh, introduction, man. I think because there are so many people we look up to and that we endeavor to emulate in our 
dental composite world, so to speak. And I'm just privileged that you should think of me that way and have me on the program tonight to share with you whatever it is. And even if it's just for a short therapy session, (laughs) so we can lay it all out. And thank you so much. Thank you so much for having me. You're welcome. And thank you. I I have some great stories to tell. So, but first I want to talk a little about you. You went to Londrina State, or actually it's the University of Londrina State, right? That's uh, that's correct. yeah, well, it depends on how you say it in Portuguese or in English, but it's <laughs> the uh, Londrina State University. Yeah. So I, I Googled it. I did a little um, tour of the campus and stuff. It looks like a really beautiful campus. Did you do your undergraduate and your dental school there? Or how did that? Uh, tell both. Me about that? Yeah, I did both. And then, um, and I want to talk about this down the road a little bit. And then you went on and you did an operative degree at Iowa, University of Iowa, the Hawkeyes. And I want, uh, I want to talk about that a little bit later because I'm super curious about that stuff. Um, let me tell, give you a little bit more about your accolades. You're, you're a member of the American Academy of Aesthetic Dentistry. If anyone doesn't know about the AED, it's a phenomenal organization with the world's best dentists, best cosmetic dentists or aesthetic dentists. Um, they meet annually. And then I think every three years, there's an open meeting with the AED. Um, and if you haven't been and you want to go, it's, it's a phenomenal meeting. You're going to see dentistry that's just going to blow your brains. It's really great. Past president of the Brazilian Society of Aesthetic Dentistry. You have lots of stuff going on. One of the things that I think is really cool, Newton, which um, I think is probably an award that you should be getting every single year. It's sort of like uh, player of the year for the NBA or whatever. In 2008, you were given the president's award for the best teacher in dentistry by the AAED or the Aesthetic Academy. And quite honestly, Newton, you're, you're, there, there's hard to, it's hard to express anyone who teaches better than you do. I've taken your hands on courses. I know how good you are when you teach. And I think for me, if I were to get that award, that would be the, the, the biggest award I can imagine that, uh, uh, receiving. Tell me, tell me about that when you receive that award and how, how that felt to you. <laughs> well, first of all, Dennis, I had no idea there was even such an award. And uh, so I went on stage and I did whatever I used to doing, which is teach. And I have a true passion for sharing. And uh, you know this very well, because the AAD is not just any academy. <laughs> You're talking about the Spears and Coises and Goldsteins and Garbers and Shishas that are sitting there and your lecturings, quote unquote, to these guys. So, and sure enough, I was trembling to my feet because, uh, well, that was actually one of the first times that I ever spoke for the Academy. And uh, and I was asked to talk about composites, my stuff. And I said, well, what should I talk about to these people who are so knowledgeable about the world and the realm of aesthetic dentistry? I'm just going to talk about my thing and I'm going to present it to them and lay it out just like I would to my average student, you know, bit by bit, step by step, and try to make it as clear as I could, which I did. I try to do it. But at the end, I had no idea there was an award, which by by the way, was created by Herod Heyman. And he later found out because he approached me when I got the award and said, I didn't know you had gotten the award and congratulations. Harold is a true educator. And so he came up with this award that would honor uh, an educator, a teacher who would go by uh, certain standards of what 
education should mean. You know, you, you need to be clear in the way that you present your content must have some support, scientific support, clinical support, and you need to make that something of worth to those who are listening to that they can take into their practice and 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 make it work in their own world, their own realm, which is part of what I do in terms of my teaching philosophy, which is, I can talk about later about that, which is called andragogy. And I was there, the, the, we had this gala dinner, and then they said, well, we're going to present this award to, this is the, the best teacher award and blah, blah, blah. And I was just sitting there, I had no idea. And so finally, you know, and there was Coyce presenting it. Oh, my. So, yeah, John Coyce said, well, the, the award goes to Newton Fall. And, I, you know, I was just a frozen to my feet, I couldn't get up. Stand, you know, just to say, what? What do you mean? What, what, what award? What, what are you talking about? Well, long story short, I go out there and I was speechless. I was literally speechless. I grabbed the award and I, I looked at everybody. I, I had nothing planned. I just said, well, thank you. And I walked away. <laughs> that was it. I mean, that was it. So much for someone who's so talkative. Right? <laughs> and I just walked away. I had nothing to say. Well, thank you. And thank you. This means a lot to me. And I got nothing. I just grabbed it and, you know, phased out of the platform. And so, but to me, that meant a lot because I look at education, as I know you do, with a very dear heart. My father was a teacher, was a professor, actually, of radiology at the University of Londrina. He was he founded the department. He was a professor of radiology for 18 years. He practiced dentistry for 54 years. And uh, he retired at age 80 after having been in practice for 54 years, only because I told him to because he wouldn't. But he really inspired me to be a good teacher, just like Jerry Denny, Dr. Denny, who was my mentor at the University right. of Iowa. And, and teaching and educating is going beyond the just telling. Right. You, ne- you need to impact the life of those to whom you are presenting in a way that it makes a difference. So that brings in the concept the methodology that I have well, pretty much all my life as, as a teacher been reading about called andragogy, which was initially developed by Malcolm Knowles in the mid-1980s. And andragogy is a Greek word meaning the teaching of adults. It's adult learning. So right. adults, they need to understand four pillars so that they can learn. One, they need to be welcomed into the environment in which they are so they can open up and receive the information so they can feel welcomed by everybody and especially the educator, the mentor. The How is teacher. that different than from being a kid? So let's say let's say I'm a college kid, right? But, so I don't know if that qualifies as an adult. All it right. does. It, it does because because you get to make the decision if I want to stay in the class or not. Whereas as a, a non-adult or as a kid, you're sort of forced. I, I'm I'm going to go to this calculus class or this history class because I have to because it's part of my curriculum in high school. But right. in college, I can make that choice. So you have to engage me and tell me why I have to be there. Is that is that what I'm hearing? Yeah, but what happens is as opposed to pedagogy, 
which is the teaching of children. Children are, have no prior experience. They're just there. They're a blank page. Whatever you give them, you know, if you look at Piaget up to the age of seven years of age, all children are like a blank page and they right. take in everything you give to them. They have sure. no prior experience in anything. So beyond the age of seven, and as you get older and you start acquiring experiences, whatever they may be as a kid, you know, you may have a bicycle accident that builds up into your experience. And when you go to learn professional bicycling, that is part of your armamentarium, your, right. your history. Yeah, you this experience it, 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 to draw from. It, to draw from. So if you're talking about a college kid in the calculus class, what is it that they know about calculus? Sometimes nothing, but they're past the teenage years in which they have accumulated experiences in their lives and not just educational experience, but life experience in, in living in, in their relationship with other people and they're building on them, you know, so they, they have experience. And that's the sure. thing about, and that's the one thing about adults. Dentists or not a non-dentist. Adults have experience, whatever they may be, good or bad, but they have experience. So they walk into a class. Let's say we're there, you and I, we're teaching. Let's say we're teaching together. And we have, and this is something I usually ask my students, how many years have you been in practice? Because that tells me their age and what sort of experience they've been through, mm -hmm. what experience they've accumulated. Sure. So, okay, let's say we're teaching, you and I are there. And, and we're teaching a class on class fours or composite or veneers. And the average time that the class has been in practice is 25 years. What does right. that tell you? They have a lot of experience. Right. They've done a lot of composites. They've been to many courses. So well, the one thing they do is they walk in with some sort of a background, which can be good or and can be bad. Maybe not. Maybe not good. Not good because right. they already they are reluctant to open up to new information. That so, and they've repeated the same mistake over and over, or not, I don't want to say the mistake. They re, they've repeated a habit over and over, so it's difficult to undo that habit when someone has a trained habit, right? Exactly, and that's yeah. their experience. That is their experience. So the the first pillar of andragogy, as I was saying is to make them well, to welcome these guys into this scenario where they say, okay, uh, they walk in and they say, I know too much. Sure. Or I, I don't know enough. Mm -hmm. Or the experience that I've had hasn't been good. So in, in other words, adults, and correct me if I'm wrong, as we go to sit in an audience, say we sit in a lecture to listen to somebody, the first thing that comes to our mind is, what will I gain from being here during this time period? What is the worth of me being here? I think that's so, true. You know, Newton, I think that's more true and true. And I don't know if that's, I will talk to, as someone who's aging, that time issue is more and more critical for me, right? So for me, it isn't, it isn't about the money that I spend to go learn. It's about what, what am I going to learn in the time that I have? Because okay. the time, my, the time is the biggest uh, commodity that I have right now, right? That's the most 
critical currency I have is time. So I don't know if that's true for a 30-year-old or a 25-year-old or a 35-year-old, but I can tell you for someone who's close to 60, that what I'm going to learn in this segment is what I'm dialing into. I want to know what can I get out of the time that I'm going to spend in this environment today. Correct. And that's the second pillar. What's the worth? So first is you as an educator who works through andragogy, you need to make everybody welcome. That's number How do you spell that? How do you spell andragony? A-N-D-R-A-G-O-G-Y. G-Y. Okay. Okay, got it. Yeah. Andragogy, which means it's like pedagogy means teaching of children. Andragogy is the teaching of adults, adult learning, in other words. Yeah. In other words, oh, by the way, sorry. The, the, here, here's a great book for those who want to get into this realm: teaching intensive uh, uh, and accelerated courses. This is a guy that anyone who wants to teach adults should learn. Read Raymond Blodkowski. Okay, go ahead and put the title back up. So for those who are listening to this, what I'm doing right now is I'm, I'm taking a photo of that because it's teaching intensive and accel- accelerated courses, instruction that motivates learning. Because that's a real issue, right? How do we connect with adults? And we're dealing mostly with adults who are dentists. <laughs> some of my classmates, well, some of my classmates may, might argue that yeah, I don't fit into that well, category. But nonetheless, we're, we're dealing with adults, right? And then, you know, all of this that we're talking about has to do with that one question, that one single question. I mean, what, how did I feel when I got that award? All through my life of, of teaching, you know, dental teaching, I've been trying to do exactly what I've been reading about andragogy and how to, to make a difference in one's life and somebody else's life. So, in, in whatever I do as an educator, I try to bring in these pillars so I can connect with people. So I want to make them feel welcome. I want to make them see the worth of what I'm presenting. I'll give you an example. What if we, you and I are talking to a group of people about class threes? Sure. And all they want to hear about is class fours. Correct. <laughs> There's right. no worth there, right? There's you no lost worth. them. Right. It's gone. Okay. Or, or it, okay. All of a sudden you walk into a, an auditorium and they're talking about implants and you just, you thought they were going to be talking about composite veneers. Oh man, you lost me. I, I'm not, that's not me. I don't want to hear about it. You lost me. There's no worth for me here. So to speak. Newton, okay. I'm, I, I don't want to interrupt you, but I want to segue. So this seems to me that this also then influences you, how you have conversations with your patients. Of course it does. Yeah. Because, because, so just like you're talking about if we're talking to say we're we're teaching a class and there's absolutely there's, there's students, but this is the same same way of sort of connecting with your patients, right? The the way that they're thinking, and you're probably maybe, maybe subconsciously walking through the same steps as you're working through your patients. And what what do you think? No or yes? I, well, absolutely. Well, let's go back to pillar one, making a patient feel welcome. Right. Let yeah, us say your right. patient, yeah, let us say your patient walks in. And uh, she or he has had several disappointments in yes. their dental life. Okay. Yes. Uh, because yes. dentist X or Y has hurt them in a way that they can't bear. 
and they walk in, they 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 feel afraid. And uh, what can you do to make them feel welcome and understand that you're not that kind of dentist? You're right. you're a different type of dentist. That's number one. Mm-hmm. And then number two, what is the worth? You know, what is the worth of me being here? Uh, I'm pain. Maybe I'm maybe uh, emotional pain. It might not be physical pain. It might be emotional pain. Well, whatever pain it right. is. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. Whatever, whatever, whatever emotional or physical pain, whatever it is. So yeah, you're, you're absolutely right. When you say that these concepts are totally applicable to our clinical practice and the way mm-hmm. that we relate to our patients. Absolutely. Mm-hmm. Okay. Continue on. So that's the first two. Tell me about number three. Number three. Well, number three is then this is the point where you come in as a mentor. And especially when you're talking about hands-on courses, because right. adults, if they don't have the skills, they need to be mentored through the process. And you know this very well because you teach a lot of hands-on courses through the process of understanding what it is that I need to do from A to Z. So you're talking about a step-by-step protocol. We're talking about protocols. It's a huge mistake to think that adults don't need protocols. <laughs> no kidding. Anyone who doesn't have a dental office, who doesn't have a dental team, <laughs> anyone who does have a dental team, please listen to that. Everybody needs protocols. Everybody needs systems. Everybody. Everybody. Dentists and our teams. Go ahead. Sorry. No, no, throw no. That in because, because we have a whole new team. Everybody needs protocols. Sorry. Hey, you, you've got to have a protocol. How do you do this? How do you do this? Right. How do you answer uh, the phone? Know. How do you greet a patient? Oh. How do you, right? How do you walk a patient back to the treatment room? Everything's a protocol. Hey, and I tell you what, the more protocols you have, the more thankful adults are. You know mm-hmm. why? Because in pillar number three, they love to be walked through the process of being educated side by side with supervision. However, listen to this. Adults don't want to be told what to do. They want, they need to be shown what to do, relying on one's expertise and supervision to walk them through the process, but they want to be the builders of their own learning process. I'll say that again. Yep. Adults want to be the builders of their own learning process. Why so? Because by doing that, they feel secure. A child, you teach a child how to do this, how to make their bed, how to wash the dishes, how to walk the dog. Sure. But then when they get that and they do it on their own, they, they're very proud of it. They feel empowered. Well, they own it. They own it. This is about They them. own it. Exactly. Adults need the same concept. They need to own their learning and say, yep. hey, I came to listen to Dr. Fall or Dr. Hartley, and man, he helped me to become better at what I already know in a point. So the third pillar has to do with that, and it has to be with our valuing, listen to this, our valuing the prior experience of adults. This is then one of the things that you, what's the difference between a teenager or, you know, someone who's in college and going to the calculus class, uh, they have no prior experience, right? But anyone who walks into your class with prior experience, they want to say, I know this much. It may not be 
the world of quality, but I know this much and I want this much to be of value to me. Otherwise, you're, you're like depriving them of their history, however good, however bad it is. So you need to say, oh, you need to reinforce, but almost cross-linking with pedagogy in a way. Why? Because you're saying, hey, good boy, you know, and you pat them on the back, said, you know, what you did here is really good, but you yes. could do this a little different, you know? So you're always reinforcing what's good about what they know and what they did and what they're doing. But there are howevers. However. I'll show them where it can be. I got two, right. two things to say. So number one, one of my, my instructors at Michigan, he, he had told me, and people have heard my podcast before, you've, you've heard this before, um, treat, your, pe- treat your adults like children and treat your children like adults. And you'll <laughs> have a great. successful practice. That's because great. I do think that the, their adults need to have a pat on the back and say, hey, you're doing great. And our kids need to say, hey, you're, you're, you're an adult and let's have an adult conversation about where you are and what we need from you to be able to get through our procedure. I just had a kid in yesterday for, she has peg laterals. Great kid. And boy, she had like incredible insight. She's 13 years old. And she saw things that I told her, I said, most dentists don't see what you're seeing. Most <laughs> dentists don't see what you're seeing. And I said, I would suggest to you, I don't know what you're planning on doing with your life. She wants to be a professional soccer player. Okay. If that doesn't pan out or when that's done, you need to go into something that that offers design. You need to have that element of design. If you want to learn about dentistry and what you can do as a dentist, come shadow us at the office. If you want to go into interior design or something, you see things that very few people see, right? And so that's bringing her on to like, all right, I'm going to talk to you as an adult, even though you're 13 years old. And then my my same day, my adult who's on nitrous and four carpules of anesthetic to be able to do an island tooth number four, <laughs> there's that, you've done great. You're so good. I'm so proud of you. You made it through the procedure. Yay. Right. Yay. right? So there is that, right? That's just sort of the give and take that you have to do based on who you're working on and bring those those pediatrics up to the adult and understand the adults. All of us need that sort of like, you did great. You're doing great. And let's do this more. And so I think that's, that's great information. I think that's great. Right. Sorry. Yeah. Sorry to cut you off. I just had to share that. Oh no, this is, that so... was yesterday. That was truly yesterday's. No, you're so right. And this is so pertaining to what we're talking about. So pertaining because you're absolutely right. You know, the, this discrepancy in terms of you treating uh, teenagers as adults and adults as, as kids pat on the back and we just need to be alert. That's one of the things, you know, being an educator requires a lot of effort, a lot of emotion, you know, a lot of energy, a lot of mental and emotional energy to be there, but not just physically be there. You've got to be there for whoever it is who's there. Because if you have 10 people listening to you who want to learn from you or 20 yes. people, 40 people. I mean, you got to be able to sort out who's who, what they're in for, what their expectations are individually and try to address them in a custom format so you can meet their needs. And I hate to say, but I fail because I can't meet f- 40 people's needs all at once when we're addressed. So you got to sort of 
be kind to yourself yes. as well and say, this is as far as I can go as a teacher, as an educator. I'm trying, you know, and and I say, okay, Newton, <laughs> you've done a great job, man. This is as far you can go. And from here on, it's up to them. Yeah, but let's sidebar that because I think one of the things that I've learned is that, all right, maybe you can't take take a particular student from point A to point Z, but if you can take the particular student from point A to point D, and you can take another student who's at, say, J, and take them to, you know, M, N, O, or O, or wherever, if you can, if you can help encourage growth, if you can give them stuff, and this is sort of a sidebar, and one of, one of my frustrations when I, when I go to courses and I see teachings and stuff is very often, and what I admire so much about you, Newton, is that when you teach, you teach, you're there to help people go from wherever they are. You're at A, I'm going to help you bring you to C or D. If you're at J, I'm going to bring you up to M or N. What? But there's so many who teach who are just there to show you, here's what I did. Thank you and clap for me. Oh, here's what I did. Thank you and clap for me. Here's the before. Here's the after. Here's the before. Here's the after. And really no teaching on how I got from here to here. And that's the things that frustrate me when I go to courses and I sit there. It's like, yeah, I don't give a rat's ass. Excuse me. I don't care that you're so good. What I care about is tell me what you did step by step by step. So maybe I can take that little piece. Maybe I can be 1% better for my patient and help get a better experience for them and feel a little bit better about myself. Yeah. Do you, I, you've been to many, many presentations. I'm, I have to ask, and I don't want to make an assumption. Does that frustrate you as well? Do you see that? Oh, yeah, absolutely. And I want to take that further, especially in the world of social media. Oh, good God. I'm glad you got to that. I was going to say that to the end, but you you beat me oh, to no, the punch. No, no. We, we can keep it to the end if you like, right. because, but there's no, no getting around that because you, you and I, you know, we're dinosaurs, so to speak, because we you know, we're yeah. talking about being in person, listening. But now with the world of social media, Everybody has become an expert because they show the pre-ops and the post-ops and they have all the great photography and they're great and they're great work too. Beautiful work. Beautiful work. Whether it's been Photoshopped or not, I don't know. They might have, they might might have not. Lighting makes a big difference also, but nonetheless, some wonderfully talented dentists. I'm 100% with you on that one. So it doesn't matter. What it matters is this is done just to pump their ego up and show the world how good they are and see how many, you know, show the world how many followers they have, how many likes they have. This is not education. This, This is not... True human relation, to say the least. It's marketing. You know? It's marketing. Oh, oh, oh. It's, it's poor marketing. It's yeah. Because there, there's a limit to there. One can only go so far living on a lie. And, and lie not meaning to say that the whatever it is that they're presenting is not true. A lie is what is the motive behind what you are doing, what you're showing. And there is a direct connection, direct link between who you are inside and what you do outside and how you reach out to the world a bad tree cannot produce good fruit it, ah. it's been, it's it's in the bible it's in the bible <laughs> well if it's okay. in the bible it's got to be true so yeah I'm, it's I'm in okay the bible <laughs> a bad tree cannot produce good fruit period that's it okay so sure, well, we'll come back to social media so give me number four i want to know number the, four the- then Okay, so you walk, you you welcome the adults. You've shown them the value of their being there. 
And then you mentor them through the process so they they can relate to whatever you're teaching them and compare to what they know. Then finally, you need to unleash them. It needs to be practical. So, so you've been through all this. Then you go, 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 do it. And the adults need to perceive that whatever it is that you taught them has a practical, attainable nature to it. I'll give you an example. Some of my students, and I'm pretty sure you've had these in your classes as well. Some adults, some dentists, they will want for you to say, oh, show me how you do that little developmental groove. Can you just show me how to do that? Sure. And you, you can grab their model. I was that guy. I was that guy. <laughs> asking Bob Winter, how do you do this? Or I was asking Newton Fall or Corky Wilhite or Bobby Mopper or name name a wonderful dentist. I was that guy who was doing that. So continue on. Sorry about that. But right. that was me. And, and then, But then you're, you're grabbing their work and you're working on their work. Sometimes mm-hmm. they say, show me how to do it. But others, you say, hey, how does it look? It looks good, doesn't it? And that's, that's the question. It looks good, doesn't it? And then mm-hmm. you look and it doesn't look so good. And so, no, you got to correct your line angles or your point angles or this. You've got your layer here or there. And say, so, well, you got to change that. Let me show. It's uh-uh-uh, don't touch my work. Don't touch my work. Why? Because if you touch their work, they don't own yeah. the result. And those, so these are tough adults to deal with. And there so are how do you strategy. manage that? How, how do you manage that when you're teaching? So let's say that you have somebody that that's in a hands-on workshop. You're spending a couple, or you're spending three or four days with them, and in, in your course is down in Brazil. We'll talk about that in a little bit. And they're resistant. They're resistant. That's easy. Okay, go. You you squeeze their brains. Okay. Well, okay. Give, okay. Give me you, more you, than you, that because I, that, I, I'm I'm okay with that. But tell but me I'm, how I'm, you let me tell how I do this. How do I how how I squeeze their brains? So if you are okay, this is the the thought process. I think. Well, if you're so confident, what you you're doing is correct. Right. You need to prove it to me. Prove me wrong that what I'm saying is incorrect. So I say okay. So I'm telling you this needs to be corrected, and you're saying. It shouldn't. Right. Tell me why. Show it to me why this is correct. It can be a conceptual thing. It can be a practical thing of, uh, you know, hands-on nature. And say, well, because this and this. And then I said, well, but if you do this, if you do A, then there's B. And B is antagonist to A. How do you explain that? And then they come up with the C and then you say, well, but there's a D, which is intent. Because if I, if I know my stuff, which I do, and mm-hmm. I see this is wrong and I'm, t- I'm not talking about dualism because I, I say, okay, no, well, no. I, explain I, I re- dualism. I, explain dualism. When you say it's not dualism, meaning there can be two correct answers. Correct. Right. You're that saying that correct. there's, there's one, there's one way that we should be looking at this, right? That's what you're sort of suggesting. Correct. Okay. Okay. And you need, as an educator, you need to be respectful of somebody else's point of view on something that differs from your point of view. And that's one thing. But when there's clearly something that is wrong, uh, let's say somebody's doing a a buildup and the tooth is about a millimeter and a half longer than it should be. Sure. 
And they say, no, you need to correct this. So no, no, right. I, I, this is, this is nice. This is good. So, well, okay, let's get into that. Are the proportions correct? Yes, they are. How are they correct? How did you come up with the proportions? Did you take the anatomic width and you multiply that by 1.25 and 1.33 and you got the 75 to 80% ratio? No, I didn't. So how do you come up with that proportion? Oh, I don't know. Well, so there you have it. You don't know. So that's what I mean by squeezing their brains. I try to, to pry, not in a way to belittle them or to bring them down, but to make them think that whatever it is that they're thinking may just may not be correct. And I need, need to let them realize that. And all of a sudden, Eureka. Yeah, no, I came up with the idea. Sometimes they don't even realize that you taught them that adults are funny people. Well, I think, you know, I think it's so interesting because, you know, we only know what we know. Right. And so this is what gets so challenging is that you're saying you like, so as an educator, you see a certain thing, or you've been doing composites long enough, or you've been doing aesthetic dentistry, you see this. And for the person who may be um, less nuanced in it, they, they may not be seeing it. Right. And so they, they, what they, what they know is what they see. And so what you're doing is you're taking them back. You're saying, I want you to unsee what you're seeing right now. I want you to take away what you're seeing. I want to take you back and I want to see, I want to help you re-see things. And I think that's what's so critical when you're teaching, especially like what you're talking about, helping whoever it is that you're you're trying to engage, how to look at it differently. And right. I think that's what's what the challenge is, right? Because we're all caught into this is what I see. And because this is what I see, this is what I know. And so to take it that step back and say, let me help you see it differently. I think that's the, the golden egg, right? Is let me help you see it differently. Let me see how right. they see it in a different way. Right, right. Yeah, no, you're absolutely right. You're absolutely right. And there, and there is the embarrassment aspect. Oh, of for sure, right. Who are embarrassed to show their work or to even admit that they're not as good as they'd like to be. And they are afraid that you will critique their work in a negative way. So then again, we're back to pillar one, making them feel welcome. And when you say welcome, that also means safe, right? Welcome and safe. Oh yeah. That's, that's, these are equivalent. These yeah. are synonyms, synonyms, safe. You're in a safe environment. Nobody's here to critique you, to criticize you negatively. Nobody's here to bring you down, put you down and I usually tell a story. It's a very interesting story. And I told this day before yesterday when I started this module. And uh, I say, listen, I, I, because we have people, 20 doctors, and uh, average age is 35.4 years of age. Okay. I have you're, my, just, you're just guessing that number. I, I take no, I, no, no, I'm not. <laughs> I, I, have, I have the stats. You have metrics. Have, you got metrics. I have got metrics. I got my stats down so i know who i'm talking to how many years they've been in practice i read their surveys so, uh, you know what they know what they not what have you so whatever so we have this young dentist who's 21 years old mm. and she graduated in the last month and she's wow. sitting in, yeah she's sitting in the class right because here we, we graduate a little earlier, not going through, you know, college formally. So you, yeah, you I can't talk about that in a little bit. You, so. you can't skip that and go straight into it. However, she is 21. And then there are others who are uh, 42, 
who've been in practice longer. And she's so embarrassed of being among For a sure. group of uh, elderly dentists who know imagine. so much more than she is. So, so, and here's what, you know, he'll, uh, again, going back to the safe word he used, you know, welcome means safe. Uh, and I, this is the story I tell. So when I went to Iowa, there was another student in my class, a grad student. Her name was Shamala Morelli, fantastic young lady from India. So she was there for the operative program. She and I had a meeting with Jerry Denny. He and Jerry Denny said, you get out of this program how, the amount of effort that you put into it. And I, I was good with my hands. I loved operative dentistry. So I could very easily, in, within two, month, month, two months, I was uh, seeing patients and everything like that. But she came from a background in India where only grad students would work with high-speed handpieces. So she had no experience with high-speed wow. whatsoever. That's crazy. So it, it, it took me two years to complete the program, and I was second to Dr. Dennehy in the number of porcelain veneers anyone did in the department because I was very prolific, and, I, mm-hmm. I, and this is the kind of expertise that I had. Her improvement level went from not using a high speed to using a high speed effectively and drilling class ones, small class threes. Does that mean that she did not get her time and money's worth of being in an operative program? I was doing a lot of porcelain veneer and she was doing class ones and class. No, she improved a lot. I mean, she really improved a lot because, but that was the level she was. So I tell the story. So at whatever level you're at, it doesn't matter to me. What it matters to me is what level you're, what you want to reach. If you're down here, you want to reach here. I'm here for you. I want to help you up. If you're up here and you feel there's nowhere up you want to go, I'm not the guy for you. Yeah. If, if you've already reached, you know, the epitome of your dental career, maybe you're in the wrong class. Right. Well, I think that's a great story. I, because as we talked about when we're, and we talked, we pre-chatted about this, one of the things that led me to dental online training was I had um, taught a course and it was a hands-on course and there was a number of students and, and typical of any class, and I, I fall into this for sure, is that the, um, the people who are more advanced are going to sit towards the front of the class and the people who are less advanced are going to be sit towards the back of the class. And Noon and I were talking about this before we recorded is that I taught this particular course where we had several advanced students, like super advanced, and they were sitting right in front of me when I was doing the workshop. And then we had a whole um, rest of the class that was really very rudimentary in their um, information, their knowledge on composite dentistry. And when we're teaching a hands-on workshop, it's different than teaching a lecture. When you're teaching a lecture, you can just go about and you can just give your lecture and you look for nods, you look for eye contact and stuff like that. And that really sort of keeps you going during your presentation. But when you're doing a workshop, you're looking to see acceleration of the student. You're seeing, especially in like on a two or several day workshop, you want to see that people are getting the information. They're able to apply the information and grow from it. And so that I think that's whether they're starting from point A, you want to get them to point A to point C or D or E or F, wherever they can get in that span of time. And if someone's starting at point L, you get them to 
PQRR or wherever they can get to at that point, but you want to see that growth. You want to, you want to help them experience the understanding and how to then be able to, you know, work with materials or be be more comfortable with the information. And I think that's what you're speaking to is whether you're just learning how to use a mirror. Cause I, I know this from, from University of Michigan, some of the grad programs or be foreign dentists that came in that never used a mirror when they were using, using their dentistry, everything was direct vision. And so when they went to the grad program, you know, for them being able to use a mirror to do a upper posterior and do a class two, Hey, you know, that's, that that's an, phenomenal. That's critical. And for others, it's getting into more elegant procedures. And so, you know, that's, I think you speak eloquently about that, uh, Newton. I think that's really, I think that's awesome. I think being able to understand how our adult students learn is so integrated to how our adult patients also accept the information that we give to them. I mean, so many things you're saying, I'm just sending them back there and thinking, this is exactly what I talked about with my patients. This is exactly what I'm trying to do with my patients. So I think this is really great. This is really, really cool information. So how long have you been studying this? How long you've been, when did you start studying about how adults learn? Uh, some 15 years back. What was it that you said, you know what, I'm not getting it or I want to understand it better. What was it that you said, you know, I got to understand how adults are learning better. Well, we, uh, we have a good friend who is a shrink, and he also is in education. So um, one day we were just chatting about how to improve on our methodology here at the Fall Center. And uh, he was the one to say, well, listen, there's this, there's some Malcolm Knowles, there are other authors you can read about. Yeah, because he himself, uh, you know, he is a professor at the university. So he lectures about that. He teaches about that. So you should be reading more about this. And he helped me to create a program. And actually, this goes way farther than 15 years. We're talking here, to be honest with you, we're talking about 20 years. We're talking 20 years. Okay. So he said, well, here's something that you should do to get your adult learners to improve on, on their learning abilities. So he, he walked me through the, the scope of the methodology. And then he drew out steps that I should take to implement this in my teaching. Okay. I'll, I'll give you an example. We work with something we call pre-homework and post-homework. What is a pre-homework and what's a post-homework? Okay, adults need to be faced with their limitations, with what they don't know. So when they are asked to do a drill, an exercise prior to coming to class, such as, okay, you're going to be waxing up a central, a lateral, and a canine. Okay. However way you know it. I don't know if you've taken other WEXUP classes or courses, do it the way you know it. And when you get in here, I'm going to walk you through the A to Z, according to my methodology, mm -hmm. mentored under supervision over the shoulder, and we're going to sort this out. And then you go home and you're going to have a post homework where mm -hmm. you're going to be on your own, pillar number four, you're going to be on your own doing the drills you've learned here in contrast 
with what you knew before. So when the adults get in touch with what they don't know, let me give you an example. Okay, so you're waxing up and you get to the canine and you don't know if the distal lobe of the canine is straight or is slanted. And then say, man, I've always struggled with this. You know, I've been through dental anatomy, but this is my... Achilles heel. Okay. I, I don't know how to do this. So bang, your brain is engraved. There's like a trigger memory there. So when he gets to class and I teach the student how to do this, man, that's the one thing I didn't know. And he's all opened up or she's all opened up to that information that you're presenting. Hmm. So these, these are part of the drills that composed the methodology. And this is when this friend of ours, his name is Evandro Guerrero. He's an author, he publishes, he's a very bright guy. So I am very much indebted to his input in uh, bringing us up to speed on, on this methodology and dragogy. That's so cool. Yeah. So we've been chatting for a long time. I don't know if you know that. And I haven't been able to ask you any of the questions I wanted to ask you. Oh, go ahead and ask me. I'm sorry. Yeah, we got so carried out. Do you mind? Away. No, right. I don't. So what I'm going to do is we're going to we're going to actually break this down into two uh, two sessions. So for those of you who are driving and you've gotten to your destination, you can actually pull in, and we're going to t- turn this into two parts because I this has been fascinating, and I knew that you had this adult learning education experience in your background, but I didn't know it to the level that we've talked about. And I, for anyone who's out there who is learning or <laughs> or wants to teach. So you're on one side or the other, hopefully, um, you're going to find that I think super, super informative and super valuable. So we're going to, we're going to finish off our first session here with Newton, and then we'll give you all a break and you can uh, hit us at the next podcast. So um, hang in there. We'll, we'll, we will um, continue on. We're going to have a second part of the, of the sharecast so that you can then catch it. Cause I want to talk to Newton about his background and how he grew up loving dentistry the way he has. And so catch us on part two. And for those who are joining us, thank you for joining us and yours for better dentistry. I'm Dr. Dennis Hartley, and we will see you at part two of our um, conversation with Dr. Newton Fall. Well, dental online trainers, I hope that you enjoyed our visit with Newton. I had so much that I wanted to talk to Newton about and so much I wanted him to share with us that we had to break our conversation into two parts. So in part two, we'll talk more about Newton's influences and his journey into cosmetic dentistry. It's absolutely fascinating. I had no idea until we were talking about his path. So look for that episode coming up soon. And look, if you enjoyed listening to our sharecasts, we love, love, love those five-star ratings. So please feel free to do that and share with any of your dental colleagues. Also, don't forget that DOT has so many great opportunities for learning from our Wine and Unwind monthly webinars, where we engage real time with our viewers as we bring in leaders throughout the dental industry, our monthly coffee and donut study club mentoring sessions. We hold those one Friday a month our live virtual workshops. In fact, we have a six tooth direct resin course coming up in June. And we have our blogs and of course, our endless selection of hands-on pre-recorded technique courses to help you improve the dentistry that you get to bring to your patients. So check us out at dothandson.com if you're not a subscriber. As always, thank you for joining us. And as always, yours for better dentistry. I'm Dr. Dennis Hartlieb. Thanks so much for listening to the ShareCast. If you are not yet a subscriber, please do subscribe to our ShareCast wherever you get your podcasts. 
And if you're loving the ShareCast, share it with your colleagues. And please rate it and leave us a review. Also, if you want access to fantastic clinical, managerial, and leadership tips to help you in your practice of dentistry, check us out at dothandson.com or find me on Instagram at HartleyDDS. This episode was created with special help from Clear O'Neill. It was edited by Ashley Dixon Ellison and with original music by Chris Peterson. Again, thank you for listening. I'm Dr. Dennis Hartley, yours for better dentistry.